Hey everybody, welcome to the In All Things podcast. It's time to see God in everything. What is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode, a new episode of the In All Things podcast. My name is Mitch Frost and today I'm joined by Jared Hudson and Mr. Josiah Webster. What up, what up, what up? It is your second time it is. here on the NLP. Yeah, first podcast. official time with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll see where this goes. I mean, you know, Steve's out, so they were like, who who can we possibly grab? Who's who's next? Yeah. Third string. The office yeah. is getting yeah. thin. Fourth string, yeah. Christ, string, Christy yeah. was also Christy's out. Christy's out too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, well, here we are. Um, how's everybody doing this morning? It's a Monday morning for us. Um, a bit longer day for us yesterday, Sunday. Yeah. Because um, you've been kind of helping out and uh, trying to revamp some youth worship stuff. So yeah, just doing coaching. Trying, uh, they're they're great. Um, but yeah, they just I think they need some guidance and some help. And so I've been showing up to the well and trying to be a, a positive influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, doing what you can. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. A couple weeks ago, you almost won the game we played. I did. Yeah. Uh, I I love playing youth group games because it gives me a chance to assert dominance over uh, seventh graders, <laughs> which I don't get very often. Uh, and then, yeah, inadvertently, I wound up in the final two, and I was on stage, and I looked at you, and I was like, I feel like I, I shouldn't be able to win. You should, like we should just call it and give it to this kid. And you were like, No, go, like do it. And he won fair and square. Yeah, so. he did. He did. He was good at that game. He was. But it was like I went back to the sound booth, and Josiah was sitting there. And he's like, we playing a game tonight? And I was like, yeah. He's like, what are we playing? And I was like, oh, it's, it's called Head, Shoulders, Knees, and Cup. And he was like, oh, my gosh, I love that game. And then I look back, and he's just, like, <laughs> beating all these <laughs> students in it and makes it to the final. So, yeah, yeah, well played. Well, I didn't know the other one that you played, the um, uh, Head, Shoulders, Knees, Toes, Nibbledy Bubbins or whatever it's called. Oh, uh, yeah, Nibbledy Bibbles, but we'll go with what you said. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that you one, know that and one. I lost uh, immediately. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's embarrassing. Have you played it? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a world champion. Super, <laughs> I was really good once. Play right now. <laughs> yeah. They flew me to Beijing for the championships. Um, Can't believe you lost. What's new with you, Jared? Um, a lot of nothing. really nothing, just busyness. Busy, lots of busyness. Mm-hmm. Like uh, getting the trying to get the courtyard project wrapped up for your fifth quarter event on yep. friday which is going to be sweet yeah it's coming up it'll be good how many kids yeah. do you think will be there um i don't know i i don't know what to expect because it's kind of like um you know we go to the football game and just start telling people that it's happening and we advertise free food so usually that gets people here yeah um uh, last time we did it we didn't do one last year i forget why but the year before was the only one we ever did and we had over 100 people here so um should be able it's to a good turnout. match that pretty yeah. easily yeah. yeah um and so hot dogs s'mores bonfire yep good hang yep so it'll be good it's a nice fun thing no i mean you can literally walk to it after the football game so i'm hoping it's a good turnout um but yeah the courtyard's gonna be sweet we're gonna break in our new fire pit yeah um, if anybody has any firewood they want to drop off at the church just uh, drop it you off. know between Thursday morning when this yeah. airs and, and Friday. Friday night. <laughs> just yeah. we'll take just it off your hand. Come by and just Please put it do. in the fire pit. Yeah. Just drop it off in or the fire in pit. Mitch's office. Or in my yeah. office. Just stack it. <laughs> um yeah, cool. Well there's a pallet to be burned um in the, garage. in the garage. That'll be good. But that and that'll light up like super fast. Yeah. That's and good. then it'll burn fast too. Yeah, and then it'll That's be good. get it started at least. I want to do like a big 
bonfire to break in this yeah. fire pit. Yeah. That'd be sweet. Get the fire department over here and yeah. singe the grass Let's surrounding it. it. <laughs> yes. Um, well, today, with the three of us, um, uh, there are six full-time staff here at Sycamore. And Sycamore six. We are on the younger half. So, uh, wait, no. Yeah, no, it's six. That's true? Are we on the younger half? There are... Because Jared's yeah, old. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. Yeah, then the six. Yeah. Our group text is called the six more six. six. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So full we're time, on the younger half. Full time. Is, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Um, Everybody's full time in ministry. Exactly. In that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it would be interesting if the three of us took some time, and mainly you two, because this is the only full time ministry job that I've ever had. Um, I thought it'd be interesting if you guys talked about times where you, being younger on staff, were in a position where you had to um, lead up or lead when you weren't in charge uh, and what that can be like. Because I know not just in ministry, but in any position, um, there can be times where you count yourself out because of your age or you're in a position where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not in charge. I don't have that maybe role or that title, but I feel like there's things I can do to change the organization or change um, and so I don't know if you guys have any ex- experience with that internships or actual jobs of times where you've just kind of felt like, man, I'm the youngest one around and, you know, I, I'm still want to lead well and maybe even show people that age doesn't, you know, matter the only thing kind of yeah. thing. So I don't know whoever wants to jump in. I just thought the three of us being on the younger side of this staff could be an interesting conversation for us to have, but sure. we can go somewhere completely different. That was just my only thought. No, I like it. Yeah. Jared, since you're the oldest, why don't you go first? <laughs> Oh man, I just, I feel like I I have a lot to say on this topic, but um, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I I'll say this: the the worst thing you can do in in leadership as a younger person um, is just ignore the fact that you're the youngest. In my opinion, yeah. ignore the fact that you're the youngest and just pretend like you are a seasoned veteran and mm-hmm. everybody should respect you. I think there's more power in playing into your age and um, in being able and willing to ask questions um, and of, of those that are even, you know, technically like under your leadership, being willing to listen to them um, because it's just awkward if you step into a position as like a full-time ministry position at 21 and all of your team is in their 40s and 50s and yeah. you just pretend to be one of them. Like yeah. it's it, it's weird because I've, I've been there and um, yeah, it feels, it feels awkward and looks awkward from all parties involved. But yeah, I think, I just think being willing to ask questions, um, and, and being willing to learn and be being able to be vulnerable with, with people. I think that's kind of where you start in my Mm -hmm. opinion. I don't know if you guys agree or disagree with that, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I, I've been in this. So this is like my, this is my third church that I've worked in and in a leadership ministry capacity. And, um, and so I took some of that advice from (laughs) other people that fed into me about my age when I was younger. And when I, when I was hired here, I was 21. I think I just turned 21, which is kind of crazy. Um, and there was some, there were some issues and some conflicts like with some people early on that kind of resolved because their ideal candidate when Steve was, searching for a worship leader 
um, was not a 21 year old because they were all like, yeah, we need, you know, we'll bring, we're going to bring in somebody who can lead us and who can be like our best friend and relate to us in every life scenario Mm -hmm. and hang out with us all the time. And then Steve brings in 21 year old and they're like, oh yeah, we have nothing in common with this guy. Like he has no leadership capacity. So I think it, and that framework also works on on the other hand too like the the people on the team need to be willing to accept and listen to somebody who has been put in leadership over them for one reason or the other mm-hmm. so it goes both ways it, and and that's where it gets tough because not everybody's willing to work that way yeah. with somebody younger than them like yeah so what do you think uh well i started in full-time ministry when i was 19 and um was the youngest person on staff for six straight years. Um, and for me, it was very, I agree with everything you said, um, you know, own the fact that you're young, own your age and learn because you don't know what you're doing. Um, and that's okay, by the way, most people don't know what they're doing. You know, even if you're, you've been in it for, uh, 50 years and, and you know how to, do your job really well, times change and, and things come up and ultimately we're all just doing our absolute best, um, trying really hard and you draw on wisdom of past experiences, but in the moment you're all kind of looking at each other going, this is this is the right move, right guys? And, and that's why it kind of takes a team. Um, but yeah, I had that first Timothy verse uh, over my desk for years, the, the one that says, uh, let no one look down on me due to my age, um, but let me be an example of, and so, that was my kind of my mantra. I was like, yeah, I, I'm aware I'm young and therefore I know that I have probably a, mic, a magnifying glass on me. People are looking to see what I'm gonna do and, and how I'm gonna live. And, um, and so, you know, like, look, people mess up and, and that happens, but I was just very aware and conscious of the fact that, um, you know, in a lot of scenarios, I'm, I'm the dumbest person in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Um, in all scenarios. In, all, in every single scenario, I was always the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> was? Uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, you learn. And, and after a while, you, you notice a shift. I think trust in general on staff is built, and that's kind of true regardless of age. And, um, you know, after a couple of years, I was noticing that people were taking my suggestions more seriously and actually looking at them. And, um, you know, that's kind of gratifying as a, uh, I guess I would have been 21 at that point, um, year old kind of going, oh, like these people who have been doing it for forever, um, they actually are like listening to what I'm saying and, and taking it into consideration. And um, f- it made me feel more um, like part of the leadership team as opposed to just the, the guy who does the worship stuff in, mm-hmm. you know, on Sunday mornings. Um, but yeah, I've got, I mean, I've got a lot to say about, about this topic. I also feel like there's been a weird lull in uh, a church staffing where um, like my dad, when he joined ministry was 18. And like, I, I feel like I meet so many pastors who are like, I got into it when I was 22, you know? And then when I came aboard, it was kind of, there's this weird lull where it was like, I was the youngest for forever. And I was the youngest in like any circles that I could find. Mm-hmm. And like by a lot, like yeah. most of them were in their thirties. And I think there's this kind of weird perception that you experienced when you were hired where um, people want, you know, the experience and they want somebody who's established already and it, and it kind of sucks for 
you know, college kids trying to get into ministry and, and feel, do what they feel like God's called them to do. I feel like that's kind of going away now. I see, I'm seeing more and more young people uh, coming to ministry and, and um, following their calling, but I feel like there was definitely kind of a weird gap. And I think we're seeing that play out in a lot of churches right now where, you know, their staff is aging up and there's a huge gap between new hires versus people who have been there. And there's, there's no kind of intermediary you know, uh, upper 20, young 30 class in a lot of churches, a lot of them are like upper 40s and then their new hires are like 19, uh, which is weird because I yeah. feel like we're called to train up the next generation. And even me, you know, I'm, I still think I'm fairly young. I'm 28. Um, I feel like it's my responsibility to find the next yeah. 21 year old and go, let's, let's train you up just like somebody did for me. At some point, somebody has to take a chance on you and go, yeah, this 21-year-old may not know what they're doing, but, like, neither did I. So let's see what um, God might have for them. I don't know. Yeah. I, I do think the pendulum is swinging um, to where there's more and more churches who are willing to take the risk to hire young now. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've seen that a lot with my friends and people I went to college with. And even, like, shout out Mark Phillips at the church he's at. He's been talking recently about you know, looking for the, the positions that they need to hire in. And he's like, I'm setting kind of like a ceiling on the age. Like, I want to take a chance on someone mm-hmm. young. Because um, they'll accept no money to come. <laughs> <laughs> There's always that. But um, but I think that's starting to happen more and more of like, you know, okay, we're going to bring you in, give you leadership. And if it goes terribly, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Right. But let's take a chance on younger people and mm-hmm. see how it goes, which I think is important. I think it's really good that that's, you know, starting to happen more and more in the yeah. church world, but it's healthy. Yeah. I think, I think it's good. I think it's a different perspective and I think it can help a lot of churches maybe do things differently that they didn't even know they needed to do, you know? Well, and um, I think, you know, everybody wants the next, you know, their next hire to be a level up and, uh, oh, this is going to get us, you know, what we didn't have before and all this. But the truth is like when you make a young hire, like, it is a, it is truly a gamble and mm-hmm. you're like yeah i hope it's going to level up but it could suck for the next 2 years until they kind of figure out the ropes you know mm-hmm. it's just yeah. tough i think i think it's an interesting situation for you when you got hired here because you almost like the opposite side of this spectrum because yeah. as a student pastor it's like you you want a student pastor who is young enough to relate to students mm-hmm. and when you first started here you were just like a couple years out of high school yeah. and and so i bet it was I bet the it was just different for you because on one side it's like yeah he's relatable to high schoolers but then on the other side of the coin it's like oh yeah he's really young and the and he's parents like, are probably like just barely not a high yeah, schooler like yeah like the what what does this guy have you know what kind of qualifications does this guy have to be speaking and right. teaching and mm-hmm. pouring into the lives of students only a couple years older than them yeah um, and you know you've kind of graduated above that now because. Once you once you have a family and a wife and a kid, like yeah. the, everybody's view on you is it suddenly becomes a little bit yeah. different just because of the, those qualifications. It's like yes, he has you know parenting skills. Like yeah. he's not just you know he's not just an irresponsible high school graduate. You know, yeah. like so. I bet for you, you probably felt that pull in both directions. Like yeah, you're young, but also like, I'm supposed to be young. I'm a student pastor. Yeah, it was a unique situation to step into. I came on part-time when I was 20, went full-time at 21. And um, yeah, it. I feel like I came in um, with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. And I kind of was like, okay, I, I'm hearing the things being said. I think that's another thing, too, that I 
um, had to kind of work through was um, because I've grown up here, because my family is involved in our church, um, people didn't really try to hide the things that they were saying yeah. about, you know, me potentially stepping into this position. So, like, I heard a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, anything from, you know, oh, you know, I was this guy's leader a couple years ago. There's no way. Um, to, yeah. oh, he's not even old enough to rent a church van. Like, I, I heard all kinds <laughs> of stuff. You can't. Um, you just have to pay a fee. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so... Yeah, I, I feel like I just kind of came in and um, I really leaned into people that I trusted. I really leaned into, you know, the elders here at our church mm-hmm. and I wanted mm-hmm. to go before them and make sure that they all kind of felt peace about this decision. Mm-hmm. I I trusted you guys a lot that were here, you and Christy, and um, that kind of got on board with it. And I kind of just went from there and I, you know, it was just like, all right, I'm just going to lead strong and lead how I feel like I'm called to lead. And um, eventually, hopefully those voices go away. <laughs> yeah. Um, and thankfully they did. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, if, being honest, like it was a tough situation to step into. And if, if I didn't feel strongly called to it, um, just the constant barrage of, you know, being the young inexperienced guy was hard for, you know, the first couple of months of being on staff. Cause I was like, man, you know, it's hard not to get in your head and be like, Oh, maybe they're right. Like maybe, yeah. maybe I, this is just like uh you know, maybe I don't deserve this. Maybe this isn't um, what I should be doing. Um, but I kind of just would go back to this place of like, all right, there's something about this. I feel called to this. I feel peace when I, you know, I'm leading this student ministry. And I feel, I felt like I was in a unique position, like you said, of like, yeah, I was younger, but that actually gave me kind of a, an upper hand because I was in the same culture and experiencing the same yeah. things that the students were. So I was like, I'm just going to lean into that and yeah. go all in and we'll just see what happens. And, um, you know, praise God, it worked, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of why I wanted to hear your guys' perspectives on this whole conversation too, because I've had my, you know, bit of experience of, you know, plenty of comments and things said and um, just kind of like, all right, God, all right, God, I'm just going to trust you through it all. Um, but, yeah. you know, it, it, it can get in your head for sure. Do you feel like the church as a whole right now needs fresh young blood with new ideas or should we be more leaning into, um, you know, those who have gone before us and their age and their wisdom? Like what? what is the big, because, you know, as as time goes on, and as our needs and our problems fluctuate, um, there, you know, the, the answer is always different. So yeah. where, what do, what would you say we are right now? Like as a society here in the U S and in our culture, um, what's more valuable churches with older aged experienced wisdom or fresh new ideas? I think it's a really good question. Um, my personal response to it would be, I think right now, more maybe more than ever i think you need both which sounds mm-hmm. like an easy answer but i think you need the innovation and the hunger that younger fresh blood is bringing mm-hmm. um because there's something about gen z and what's happening that i've you know i never saw in my generation never saw when i was in high school or anything like that so i think you need that and at the same time having uh, you know leaders and elders and people that are you know, pretty strong in their convictions and traditions. And, mm-hmm. um, like, I think the marrying of the two is so important. You need a church staff who's able to stand firm on, Hey, this is, you know, the truth's not going to change. Mm-hmm. Here's where we are. But at the same time, being willing and open to the young blood and the fresh blood of saying, yeah, but we could do it this way or this Avenue, or when you communicate it like this, it actually triggers this and being able to talk through some of those different approaches. Mm-hmm. I think the marrying of those two, 
um, is, in my opinion, like the healthiest, you know, church things happening I see are because they have both of those dynamics that are willing to give and take on, um, you know, push back on each other mm-hmm. um, and willing to say like, okay, yeah, we can innovate, we can do this, do this, but we're going to keep this because this is really foundational. And then, you know, the, the younger person's able to say, um, yeah, I completely respect the tradition and the, the way that things have always been done. I think that would be really great, but let's innovate this small detail or this right. look or this feel to it. Um, and I think when those two things come together, um, also who you're reaching is you would reach both at the same time. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I think it's that, and that, I think that's a really cool thing that's happening too. Um, cause the outside world want to say, want to say like, Oh, Gen Z, they, they just don't want to listen to authority. They just don't want to listen to people above them. Um, they, you know, and it's like, well, they do if they feel like they have a voice and they're respected and allowed and trusted to innovate and create and do things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but with kind of like the authority figure of somebody who's like, I- I've been there to some degree. Yeah. Let me, you know, maybe tweak some of these things to make it better and make sure you're not going to, you know, fail. Yeah. Um, but I think that kind of marrying of the two, and I, I, I've, to, in my opinion, I think that's when it when it goes best. Josiah, do you think that? just to let you talk a little bit, but sure. I'm also genuinely curious about your opinion on this. Do you yeah. think that like the, the infiltration of like postmodern theology mm-hmm. that we're facing now and, and is that a result of, of older church leadership trusting and being too open to just bring on the youngest people just because they're young? Mm-hmm. Or are we in an era, an era where we should be maybe leaning into <laughs> more established um, more established full-time minister, ministers and things like that, just because sure. we need to be protecting, you know, the gospel message sure. and its theology and, and whole, what would you say? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I've got nothing against postmodern worldview. I grew up in nothing but postmodernity, and I, in many ways I would say my own worldview is super postmodern. For, to not talk in code for those of you guys listening. I was just about to say the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's break it down and dumb yeah. it down. Uh, post, post-modern worldview basically states that um, you have your truth and I have my truth and they're both equally valid and that's okay uh, because your experience is true and my experience, though it's different, is also true, um, which at its core isn't a bad thing. You know, I experience the world slightly differently than you do, slightly differently than you do. It doesn't mean that um, either of those experiences are wrong or they didn't happen. It's just different experiences. Uh, Full postmodernity then uh, takes that all the way to truth uh, as an absolute and goes, well, there is no absolute truth because your your truth is just as true as my truth is, which is kind of where it veers off of uh, out of left field. but I think the core of postmodern thinking is, is true and I think actually is important uh, in church life because ultimately, especially when you're talking about something like salvation, like nobody can give your life to God other than you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not going to be saved because your parents took you to church as a kid and, um, and then that being through osmosis, somehow you got the Holy Spirit. Um, that's not how it works. You know, it's a very personal faith. And in that sense, I think postmodernity actually helps a lot because it helps kind of break down some of the, the barriers of, of cultural Christianity um, that, uh, you know, our generation certainly struggled with. Oh, I've always been going to church and it doesn't really mean anything to them. Um, in terms of church leadership, um, I think to, to echo what Mitch said, you need both. I think you need humble young people who are 
happy to learn from um, the more established staff and, and ministers and, and people who have been in it um, and I just have seen more um, who don't think too highly of themselves. The young people don't think too highly of themselves, understand that there's value in listening to mm-hmm. um, arguments that maybe they don't even agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you also need established leaders who are happy to hold the reins with a very loose grip and go, yeah, play with it. I think it's so easy to get stuck into your comfort zone, even uh, at my age. You know, I get sucked into a comfort zone of like planning worship set lists where I'm like, oh, it's got to be this way because this is how it goes 90% of the time. And and it it drives me away from innovating. I have to pull myself out of that personally. And I think um, with fresh blood, if you explain why you do something a certain way, then they can go, oh, I see I see the, the kernel of value there. Let's keep that and let's... Um, take it in a different direction and try something new because it could be impactful um, and different. I think that's where you get good innovation. I think good innovation isn't just doing something cool and different for the sake of doing something cool and different. I think it's um, keeping what's valuable and building upon it in a way that hasn't been done before. And I think the church really needs that. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, you know, I think we don't, struggle with that too crazy bad here at Sycamore. But, you know, I've been to a lot of churches in the the past few years, and uh, I just see a lot of churches that are stuck in ruts and then don't understand why, um, you know, their people aren't passionate about sharing their faith. And it's like, well, yeah, man, like you're bored with your faith. Why are you expecting them not to be bored with it, you know? Um, So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I I think it's incredibly valuable to get young people, um, like you said, who are feeding off of the experience of others and then um, flipping it into something new. I like the way you put it, though. Um, Humble, young leaders, but willing to push, willing to push in the right way, right? Mm -hmm. Because there is value in doing things different sometimes. Mm -hmm. There is value in changing things up. But I love the, the idea and the perspective of like, humbly, you know, realizing, okay, maybe I'm new on staff, maybe I'm new in this job, I am younger by a good gap. So, I'm going to respect the tradition and respect mm-hmm. what's been in place, but also not just, you know, do something the way it's always been done because that's always how it's been done, right? Mm-hmm. Younger people aren't wired that way anymore. It's like, no, I'm going to push. I'm going to innovate. Yeah. But I think doing it in the right way and the right approach is super important. So I think that's super good. I think um, my question my question was more geared oh, towards like, <laughs> no, it's fine. No, it was a great, I, I like, I, no, it was great. I, I liked your answer. It, it was a good, for, it was great for this topic. So like, to expound on it more, mm-hmm. I think, I think in in regards to theology um, as a whole and mm-hmm. um, how postmodernism has created this new postmodern theology, mm-hmm. um, which basically misinterprets scripture as a whole yeah. and allows us to adapt it and change it to however we want to use it sure. in our lives. So you know because. And at the core of Bible interpretation and mm-hmm. hermeneutics are two basic principles. One, what does the scripture say? What did the original author mean? Yeah, yeah. what and it, how, was it intended context, for? And yeah. how can I take that and apply it to my life? So those right. two rules um, are, are what we are what we should always be using when we're trying to interpret scripture. But we've, yeah. but we flipped it and we flipped the order of it to 
how can I take this scripture and apply it to my life? Yeah. Yeah. And then we take this, the first rule, which is what did the original author mean? Yeah. And we just ignore it basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think a lot of this is due to, and not saying that, you know, the older generation has, mm-hmm. has no responsibility here, but as we bring in and infiltrate the church uh, ministry world with mm-hmm. younger inexperienced um, blood who, um, is bringing all of these ideas, mm-hmm. these 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 great, some of them great, amazing ideas on how to advance the gospel, but um, but where we lack the experience, sure. um, and they are easily young people are so easily moldable, yes, and influenced by culture around them. So we're taking that that ease of influence and allowing it to um, change our interpretation of scripture and influence the church. So, and, and what I'm getting at here is I I just I feel like we put too much of an emphasis on hiring young people Mm -hmm. and we get really dangerous with our um, gospel message and our theological journey um, and explaining being just the ability to explain simple doctrines to our church and our people. Um, I think that I, there, the fine balance of having a wide variety of ages in in the, in the ministry spectrum Mm -hmm. um, is important because those that have been there for a long time are going to be holding on to those deep biblical theological truths and mm. teaching them to the young people who are moldable and yeah. easily influenced by the postmodern worldview and mm-hmm. thinking. So yeah. I just think being careful, um, bringing on the right people mm-hmm. when they're young, you know, because there are so many people that want to jump into ministry at age yes. 19 and be like, I have all the answers, listen yeah. to me. But yeah. if the older crowd is like, okay, yeah, let's listen to all sure. the 19-year-olds, sure, sure, sure. like, that gets tricky. Yep. Um, so so what's that? Your, your actual question was, what does that balance look like? It does, it, you don't have to answer that question. That's just I'm kind of my, to. yeah, go ahead. What's, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, so I think uh, when I first came on church staff, uh, not here, but uh, uh, my church in Chicago. Um, I was, I was, because t- I was also very in- easily influenced, um, and I was told to. I was given book assignments, basically read these people. Mm. Um, Who were they? Oh man, all over the place. Okay. So uh, uh, Spurgeon, Chesterton, Lewis, all the way back to. Um, uh, uh, starts with a T. Uh, Tozer, um, t- uh, Luther, like tons and tons Luther. and tons. Were you reading yeah. in German? Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, you are fluent in German. I am fluent so. in German. Um, no, but I was just given tons and tons of um, book assignments. And I am dyslexic. I don't like reading. Um, so I do audiobooks and stuff. Um, but for a lot of these books, like they don't exist. So you just kind of have to push through. Um, and it was the responsibility of, uh, of the older church staff, of the people who have been around, to then I would have meetings with them and I would mm. be invited into like sermon planning meetings mm. um, and walk through scripture, basically taught through uh, observing how it's done, how to properly exegete the Bible, which is kind of what you were talking about, mm-hmm. exegesis versus eisegesis, reading yourself into the scripture instead of seeing scripture for what it is. Um, and so I was able to have a lot of these questions early on in an intentional place where I was supposed to have these questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, things like, you know, hey man, like I read this this commentary about, you know, the book of Revelations. What the heck's up with these dragons? And so, you know, I don't know what's going on. Is this, mm-hmm. are he interpreted this as uh, these 12 civiliza- 10 civilizations that have to happen before yada yada. And so I was given 
um, a, a place to have these discussions. Because like I didn't go to seminary mm -hmm. or anything uh, where I would imagine you have a lot of these conversations. Uh, I don't know. I haven't gone. Um, <laughs> but I was lucky enough to be in a church where leadership was really intentional about bringing mm -hmm. up the next generation well without forsaking those scriptural truth, truths you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that you can bring on... Um, super young and uh, unexperienced staff without having some type of plan um, on how to help them be formed, yeah. you know? That's um, good. That's really, I think that's a really good example of stewardship too. Like mm -hmm. those, you know, the older staff, or I don't know if that was something elders put in place or whatever, but like that's a really good example of, hey, we're going to take a chance and hire young, but we're going to steward the, you know, this moldable young person into somebody who can who is okay with asking questions and digging mm -hmm. deep and i think that's really cool actually I, th it was that's great awesome. well and the fun part was like because um a lot of these older people you know they were so set in their ways and so well this is what i believe because this is what i've always believed and so it, it was helpful for them too because it forced them to rethink mm. some of the things that they just kind of took for granted um which is really cool for me because then as a young person, you feel like you're actually having a dialogue yeah. as opposed to just being uh, lectured about here's what you have to believe. You can go, but why do you think this? But, but what you're saying here doesn't quite line up with what you're saying over here. Can you explain to me how those two things can be congruent at the same time? And so it was helpful for all parties. Um, you know, I mean, ideally... In, in, a, in a healthy church body, you'd have these conversations, you know, in small groups and, and people would kind of all try and write the ship together and, and you'd, but um, practically I don't think it always plays out like that. So it was really mm -hmm. cool that I was given yeah, that's that cool. at an early age. For me, um, I think I got lucky with the professors I had in college. Um, mm -hmm. I went into my Bible college just wanting to do a general Bible study degree and um, the day I was there to like, schedule classes and figure it out. I met the guy who was the head of the youth ministry program at that school and we kind of just connected. And so I switched my degree and did a bachelor's degree in student ministry. And I was kind of mentored by him and he was very firm and harsh on this kind of theology foundation mm -hmm. before you ever get into ministry. Like, uh, and, and it was like the first time I had ever been challenged. Like, you know, I would, you know, you answer a question and it's like, well, why do you say that? And I'm like, I don't know, like, you know, and it's like the first time Sounded you put right. to actually know. like yeah. work out your theology. And so I think I just got really lucky with that. Like, I remember the first youth ministry class I ever had with him and uh, he just, you know, kind of was, you know, lecturing, whatever. And he's just like, how are we, you know, going to be put in full-time ministry positions? And most of this room has never read the Bible cover to cover. And I was just like, dang, I've never read the Bible. Cover mm -hmm. yeah. So like that night I went home and like started to like go through the Bible and like Bible project and like study it. And like, it was so important because it was like, you know, that was his big thing was like, before we get to, you know, strategy and, you know, we'll figure all that out. And yeah. he was like, if you don't know like where you stand on these big things and like, mm -hmm. you don't have a fleshed out worldview, like, you know, take your time, like don't mm -hmm. rush. And, and I was just like, 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 I've never heard that before. So I think I, I got lucky with that mm -hmm. experience of like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I got hired young, but like I spent, I mean, it was like, you know, two years before getting hired of like, you know, really being poured into by that guy one-on-one, -on -one, um, and really being pushed in my theology to figure out, okay, what do I actually believe? Um, 
And so that was that was really foundational for me. But yeah. I, I think it's a I think it's a super important question because we you know we're we're different from general people listening or watching because you know our world is church and yeah. ministry and things like that. But we've seen the examples of you know the other side of this where you hire someone young and exciting and awesome and and then you know something happens and you realize oh their theology, their their foundation, their anchor is not in the right place, right? Yeah. And that's super dangerous, and we've seen the outcomes of that stuff, yeah. you know? kind of falls apart. Um, yeah. Especially in church where it's like, you, when somebody is placed in leadership above you, like it's like, okay, this person is, you know, we're supposed to give them some type of respect and authority mm-hmm. just because of their position, position that they're yeah. in. Um, and so, which makes it dangerous for a younger person who thinks they might have all the answers, or at least pretend to have all the answers. Yeah. They get yeah. asked a tough question, and then they just spew some nonsense that they. Yeah. And then, and then everybody around them is like, "Oh, well, uh, okay, maybe he's yeah. right because he's in this position." So, right. and that just comes. That, that's that's leadership in a nutshell, mm-hmm. regardless. Not even in ministry. Yeah. Um, just, I guess, being willing to say, as a young person, being willing to say, "I don't know. Let me look that up for you, or let me ask somebody." Those yeah. are yeah. Man, those are awesome words to hear from from somebody young, especially somebody young in ministry. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, cause I've been there, like uh, we've all been there, um, yeah. especially in my, <laughs> the funniest thing about doing and on the other side of this coin is when somebody asks you a question when you're young in ministry and you tell them, well, I'm doing this because you guys have been doing it this way for so long. So we're just going to start doing it this way. You know, they hired me on to change things. Yeah. Um, and which is also dangerous, but I've been in, I've been in that position. I'm sure yeah, you guys yeah. have too. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, it's it's a good discussion. Like I, I think that people hearing us talk about it. It's funny because for me, like I'm the oldest of us three. Um, but there's so many times in at Sycamore Creek here where I am still the youngest person in the room, mm-hmm. and just because of our demographic. Mm-hmm. And um, but it's it's not always been been that way lately, yeah. which is cool because we're getting a little younger as a as a church, which is just another reason for us to keep hiring younger, which is yeah. why. We have such an awesome um, leadership team as um, Steve and the elders, you know, and their vision to, to hire younger and to keep us younger. So mm-hmm. with uh, the balance yeah, with the, the older, yeah, you know, yeah. which is awesome. But because um, I got to the point and this is, you know, with Josiah at the table and you guys know the whole story. But I, I got to the point after 10 years of doing the same thing mm-hmm. as a worship pastor that I'm, I was just like, I don't think I have anything else to bring to the table. Unless sure. you want, you guys want me to keep doing it the same way um, for the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fine, but we're not going to get anywhere. Um, so let's bring in somebody, even if he's only five years younger than me. Let's bring in somebody sure. who does have Different. the energy and and other ideas to to stir up the pot. You yeah. know, make yeah. it make it just make it fresh again. And so I think that there's us. We had um, LCN our. Um, pastors group that meets on Tuesdays once a month. And there's a guy in there who would be an awesome part of this conversation, but he was basically saying he, he had been in, he's been in minute full-time ministry for a long time, yeah. mm-hmm. a lead pastor of a church in Gehanna. And he was like, it's time for me to take a step back and hire somebody younger, Yeah, but I would love to be a part of it because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I, 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 he was, you know, basically kind of, I think he might've even started the church, but he's like, I don't want to take a, I don't want to get really, I don't want to be left out of it. I want to be mm-hmm. part of it, but I want to be able to, to help coach and teach the next person that gets yeah. brought in. Yeah. Um, he would be a great person to talk to about this yeah. probably, but yeah. maybe we'll do a part two and ask him to come. <laughs> yeah. I think he would, but 
Yeah, I mean, like, I know that's the self-awareness of when it is time to pass it on. And, yeah. and you know, the mindset of constantly raising people up to, to step into those positions, I think, is so important. Like, I know Steve says all the time, like, you know, he, he knows it'll be time when he's holding back the church, you know, when he's at a point where he's old older and is holding back the vision of the church and the <laughs> mission of the church. Um, I like how you did that. That was good. When he's old. Older. older. Um, but, you know, like he says that a lot. And I think that's a super important mindset to have mm -hmm. because, you know, there's some people that just want to white knuckle it and hold on for as long as they can. And, yeah. you know, at some point it is time to step out and hand things over to younger people. Um, and I think that that can be hard for some people. But you think it's easy for you to say and for us to say because we are younger? Sure. Or do I you think, think so. we'll get to the point someday where it's just just as difficult to release the baton. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's easy by any yeah. means. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I even worried about it coming on here just because like the, the ministry that you handed over to me was your baby. Like yeah. you, you made it what it is, yeah. right? And um, some people have a real difficulty of letting go of the things that they created. But on the flip side of that, and I think the perspective that you have is somebody did it for you at mm -hmm. some point. Yeah. And uh, who are you to be the last person to ever touch something? Right. Yeah, like yeah. you need to. Um, and I'm saying this, like you said, as a young person, it could be very, very difficult in however many years to do it myself. Um, but I think that needs to always be in the back of our minds is just at some point somebody took a chance on me and yeah. I need to take a chance on somebody else. At some point, somebody handed something established over to me and said, run with it, dude. Yeah. yeah, and like you've got to do that to somebody else. Otherwise, yeah. that's how things die. I think know? for for both me and Mitch, the person that gave us that opportunity was the same person was um, was Steve. Because mm -hmm. I don't know like what Steve was thinking when, because he was only on staff here for like I don't know ten months when mm -hmm. he hired me when I had just turned twenty one, just got married, um, and it's pretty pretty gutsy decision. Yeah, to because you know, he's still kind of proving himself year mm -hmm. um, 11, 12 years ago. And then he does that. And then, well, I guess like maybe eight, nine years later, he does the same thing again with, with you, Mitch. Mm -hmm. And so what about, who was that for you? Was who, who was it that gave you, was that your dad or? Uh, yeah, so my, uh, so yeah, my, my ministry story is when I was um, 19, I, I'd been serving on worship teams in some volunteer volunteer leader capacity since I was like 16. So three years of that, and then in college, um, uh, I was asked to be an intern in the worship department, um, both by my dad and the then uh, worship director who had been there for like 25 years. Um, and it was a year long paid internship and I was working at like the UPS store. I was like, anything, please, yes, this sounds great. Um, and so I took a year, poke reports, intentional conversations, just kind of learn what ministry even is like. And I didn't even know if I felt called to, to ministry. I just knew mm -hmm. I hated my job and I enjoyed Sunday mornings. So mm -hmm. if we can do more of this, that would be great. Um, and then, yeah, when I, when the ministry was over, oh, sorry, when the ministry, when the internship was over, um, for all of the year long internships that they offered, they helped you craft your resume and, you know, kind of talk about next steps and if they needed to give recommendation letters or whatever that looks like. And with me, the uh, the lady that I learned from her name was Linda Doran. She's passed since, um, but she was very much like I don't I don't want to let this kid go. Like he's got something, and I think we can really cultivate it. Hmm. Um, so she was the one kind of advocating for me. So that, then I came on as an associate worship role, 
Um, and then we had an interesting thing where her and I actually flipped roles and she became my associate and uh, it could have been, like this could have been really weird and yeah. awkward, it could have been super weird and awkward for mm. her and I, but uh, she was great and, and uh, it worked out really, really well. So yeah, my dad and this lady named Linda kind of took a chance and Look, man, there was, I'm sure if, if I went back in time and I looked at some of the things that I was doing, knowing the things that I know now, I'd probably be super cringed out by a lot of decisions that I made. Mm -hmm. It's part of the process, though. It's part of the process, right? You have to. And and that's something to keep in mind for future leaders and, and for people handing over leadership. It's like mm -hmm. it's part of the process. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, um, do you feel pressure? But it, you both can answer this, but in your um, still young ministry age, do you feel pressured to give somebody that shot already? Mm -hmm. Like, I think it might be easier for you, Mitch, because you can give students opportunities, like, mm -hmm. you know, snap your fingers and give yeah. them opportunities um, and take a shot with somebody mm -hmm. in, in all of their immaturity, yeah. you know, and it's a little bit easier because you can easily take it back, right? Mm -hmm. um, but but are, do you feel that? Do you feel that obligation to give people shots because, you know, young, young people just because you were given that opportunity? Yeah, I, I feel like I am trying to um, after my I, really I, my first year, year and a half was like, all right, we're changing systems. We're redoing things. We're, you know, really trying to push everything forward. And now I feel like I'm in a place where I'm like, OK, things are healthy. Things are going. Things are consistent. Um, and so I've been trying to find more of those ways to let people lead because I, I'm constantly, you know, being 24, I'm still not that far removed from, you know, being in high school and, and, you know, being their age. And I'm constantly thinking in situations like, what do I wish somebody did for me when I was their age? So mm -hmm. like, you know, I've, I've let students preach on a Sunday night mm -hmm. in the middle of our series and students who are interested in ministry and have those things going, I'll be like, Hey, you know, do you want to preach in a couple of weeks and help them write a message? And, um, and you know, we're doing student, uh, we call them fight clubs, but these really s small, student small groups now and I'm you know giving students opportunities to lead in those times and um, so I'm, I'm trying to you know now the the more consistent I've been with just like week to week I know that things are gonna go you know kind of happen like this so now I have more energy to put into like all right let's let's push them let's give them opportunities like we have a student leadership team that Lexi and I um, you know give a lot of our time to and I'm always trying to think of like hey who wants to plan the game this week who wants to do this like you want to do announcements like you're gonna get up on stage and just trying to because you know I, I didn't get a ton of real hands-on ministry experience when I was in high school um, you know when I was you know, finally like, okay, I can't run from this anymore. I'm going to go into ministry was relatively late in high school. And, and I'm sometimes I think like, man, what would have been like if somebody would have given me more opportunity in high school to fail and mess up and try things? Like, mm. I feel like I would have been, you know, maybe further ahead in realizing my calling sooner. So sure. I'm trying to do that more mm -hmm. um, in just in little ways too of like, you know, we'll have a new student walk in and I'll go up to another guy and be like, hey, that's so-and-so, go meet him and talk to him. Yeah. And just kind of like giving him, you know, things to try and, and opportunities to mm -hmm. mess up. And like yeah. you said, it's easy to take it away and yeah. it's not like long-term commitments most of the time. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but makes total sense. Yeah. For me, uh, I'm always looking for the next person to kind of pour into and, and try and give over some responsibility to. That's why I, it's one of my ulterior motives in uh, taking such an interest in youth worship team is because somebody did it to me and, yeah. and it really, it meant a lot to me then, um, and so if I can be that person for whoever's next, then 
great. Yeah. And I've I've been very fortunate. I've had I've had the privilege of pouring into I think three people who have gone into uh, either part time or full time ministry uh, directly out of uh, like my volunteer team, mm-hmm. which is so awesome. And to then be able to you know. Uh, shoot texts at night yeah. when they've got questions and they're like, Hey, like, I don't know how to handle this. What do I do? Is awesome. Um, cause that was my dad for me growing up is like, um, Hey, I have no clue how I'm supposed to handle this person. Can, yeah. can you tell me what I'm <laughs> supposed to do? Um, so yeah, I, I care about that. Like crazy. It is a little more, uh, you know, when you're on a, such a public platform, like this, the stage on a Sunday morning, it, there's a little more higher stakes than maybe youth group. Sure. Um, so I have to be a little bit more protective of that, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm constantly looking for it because it's also so easy um, on Sunday mornings on the stage to have it feel like the Josiah show in terms of mm-hmm. the worship, and I hate that. Mm-hmm. I don't want that at all. I don't want people coming to Sycamore because uh, Josiah is on worship this morning or whatever, and so... Uh, def- my default is then if I can also give some of that over, then that'll curb some of that as well yeah. um, and and make it more of a healthy worship environment. Yeah. It makes me think of our intern last summer. Um, shout out Michael Pleasant. Um, he came in just looking for an internship in ministry and, um, you know, was very upfront when we met him and interviewed and everything. He was like, I don't think I want to do youth ministry. Like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of just want a full-time youth, uh, you know, church ministry experience and internship and so we were like hey let's go you're talented you're good and um you know coming out of our summer um like he is right now he's a full-time youth pastor in atlanta georgia loving every second of it and he'll send me texts and it's just cool like you know it's like that's awesome you know we gave him a lot of our time and and effort and energy and it was you know it's like it's worth it you know he invests into them and it's just super cool to see but um, yeah, I mean, I'm maybe not in an internship level, but I'm constantly trying to think about, just like you said, people that you can, you know, kind of give yeah. them those opportunities, even if it feels small, like, yeah. hey, just go do this for a high schooler or for, yeah. you know, whoever. That that means the world to be young and be like, oh, I have trust. Like, yeah. I can go try this. And if I mess up, they're not going to, you know, berate me. <laughs> like, exactly. it's okay. Um, and I just, I think that's super, super valuable. So. It's funny when you look at your life, like look mm-hmm. past and you look at all the people that gave you opportunities in mm-hmm. life and you're like, what the heck were they thinking yeah. by doing that? Like, yeah. I can think of a bunch of them. But I, I don't mean to, like, make this a bunch of questions that I'm asking you no, guys today. Good. But um, to kind of maybe to maybe to close it out, I don't know if it yeah. will or not, but along these lines, do you think that, like, do you think that leadership, like specifically church leadership, maybe not specifically church leadership, but do you think leadership is something that is and can be cultivated in people that don't see it yet? Mm. Um, or is it something that, you know, is, is an intrinsic right. thing that they, that Nature they just have? Nurture. Um, because I, I, when I thinking, listen to you guys talk and looking back at my life and thinking about all the opportunities that I've been given, mm-hmm. would I be where I am right now um, without those opportunities? Right. Would, I, would I have been able to just grab them and mm-hmm. seize those moments um, without the opportunities? Mm-hmm. What, how do you guys feel about that? Yeah, that I, think, I think when it comes to leadership, um, everybody has a certain amount, maybe intrinsically. Some people may have more intrinsically than others, but I think ultimately... Um, it's it's cultivated. I mean, the the best leaders 
certainly church leaders, but leaders in general that I've met, even at their, you know, pastoring churches of thousands, they're still going to leadership um, conferences to mm -hmm. try and learn. Um, so there's got to be something about cultivating it and uh, and growing in it. But then again, I've met those high school kids where you're just like, gosh, this kid's got so much potential, yeah. you know? Um, so I think I think it's it's probably both and, but I yeah. think certainly you can't get there without some level of training and cultivation and and bringing it to the forefront and kind of shaping it because I yeah. think even those um, I've I've also seen it the other way around where you see a high school kid and you're like wow they've got such potential and then you check in five years later and you're yeah. like whoa what happened um, so yeah it's got to be both and mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I think it's both. I, I think it's the kind of the same as creativity, right? So there's mm -hmm. some people that just naturally are gifted in the realm of creativity, mm -hmm. right? And I, I, I think the same thing is true with leadership. There are, you know, for me, I know we're talking about students a lot, but like there are students that I'll meet or walk into a room and I'm like, they have so much potential mm -hmm. to be a leader. And, you know, hopefully we have an opportunity to store that in the right direction because generally speaking, you know, like, the students that have a lot of leadership, just natural potential, sometimes they can be the ones that are very disruptive mm -hmm. and very just because they're loud and they know that they can lead and it mm -hmm. just needs to be stewarded to, um, you know, something positive. Um, so I think sometimes, yeah, like you, you're just, you're naturally good with people, good with crowds, no fear, whatever. And you're like, man, that, that person is, is, was born with mm -hmm. these talents and these abilities. But also, I mean, there's so many different types of leaders too. So I yeah. mean, there's there's bosses of huge organizations that we wouldn't believe the amount that goes on and what they do. And they're very quiet and yeah. calm and caring and detail oriented. Yeah. And you're like, man, that's so different from the type of leader that I'm used yeah. to. So I, I think leader is such a broad yeah. um, you know, term in general, but I think, yes, yeah, like the, the type of obvious leaders, you know, maybe that is more natural and they're kind of just born with that. But I think everybody can be, you know, stored and taught, you know, how to be a leader and how to lead and their influence and their skills and their abilities and their personality mm -hmm. types and all those kinds of things. Um, and I think it generally does take somebody older calling it out of them though. Um, you know, those, those students that maybe you referenced of like, man, they've got so much potential. And then five years down the road, you're like, man, I mean, maybe it's, yeah. there, there wasn't somebody saying, Hey, you're a really Boy, good leader. Or, you're yeah. really awesome. You've got these you know, these skills and these things you could do. Um, so I think there is, yeah, I mean, that there's a responsibility on people older leading down too and, mm -hmm. and looking out for those people that maybe nobody else is looking out for, uh, the people that are quieter and, and calling things out of them too. I think that's super important. So I do think it's both. I think yeah. some people are just born with it. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe the obvious type of leadership, um, but I think leadership can be taught and caught and mm -hmm. stored and molded and just like really anything else. I think it's, it's a habit. It's a mindset. It's mm -hmm. something that you can build. Um, yeah. so I think there's also, so it's funny when you talk about CEOs, one of the, um, there's a, a personality test called strength finders and it's based on uh, Gallup polls. They made it. Um, and basically it says that the top 1% of the top 1% of CEOs and, uh, business owners and stuff, they all don't focus on fixing their weaknesses. They just play towards their strengths and then they hire to fix those weaknesses. Yep. So I there are CEOs who are not people people at all. They don't know how to talk to employees or whatever and they stumbled their way through it until they could hire somebody to do HR for them. Yep. And then they just focus on- But they're geniuses in whatever they but do. But that, yeah. that is also yeah. a leadership 
characteristic because one of the things that I was taught uh, pretty early on in ministry is everybody has a leadership cap. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Everybody at some point you'll cap it out. And so there are ways that you can go about raising that cap and then there's ways that you can go about sidestepping the cap. Um, So I went to a a church um, and my dad was on staff at a church in Tennessee. It was a huge church, like 16,000 people or something crazy like that. Um, and the senior pastor there uh, realized early on that he had his cap. Mm-hmm. And so he knew where his cap was coming into play, and it wasn't the preaching side of things. It was the behind-the-scenes side of things. Mm-hmm. So he hired out his XP to do those things so he could just pour into that, yep. and it wound up raising his cap. Yep. And so in the same way, you know, I'm constantly aware, like, I've got a cap for worship leading. At some point, I'm going to hit it. And I, I hope it's not for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I do hit it, what do I do? Yeah. You know, and that's where I think the other side of leadership is so important is, is creating the team, cultivating the people around you who will help you lead better and be better, which I think is what Steve's been doing here on staff since he hired you, Mm -hmm. he hired you. Um, and, and I think is, is, uh, the key to success when it comes to, I mean, business or church or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this applies to lots of different. Mm. arenas um i mean we're talking specifically because our experience ministry wise but i kind of started with that too like this can apply to really wherever you are and whatever Mm. you do these a lot of these principles of either leading down being older and being willing to take a chance Mm -hmm. but stored and and like you know put things in place that help them you know maybe maybe barriers that help them fail but fail well yeah um and then also leading up and being humble and Mm -hmm. being willing to push but you know respecting tradition and respecting and honoring the people above you and Mm -hmm. have gone before you so i think we've actually kind of had a really good conversation of both those directions and hopefully you know uh, no matter what you do for a living or where you are you know there's stuff you can take from this conversation maybe you're in a position where you are the boss or you are above other people working for you and Mm -hmm. or or, you know maybe even a parent leading down to your you know your kids and it's like you know what can you do to lead down and encourage them and you know raise them up and um, call things out of them that they didn't even know they had or maybe you're younger like us and you're, you're, you're in a position where there's people above you or you have a boss you don't love or so not that, that's Amen. our experience, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but maybe Cheered, that's, maybe that's your experience. Uh, and you know, what do you do in that position and how can you still lead well and, uh, honor them, respect them, but also, you know, um, you know, innovate and do things different. So yeah, I think this was really good. Um, yeah. any other closing thoughts or anything you guys want to add to this? Um, as we call it a day, Jared. Hmm. I've got a lot more thoughts, but I don't want to keep it going for, <laughs> for very much longer. So I'll pass for now. Okay. We'll pick it up for next now. week. Yeah, maybe we Actually, should. no, next week. I yeah, won't next week it's just me and Mitch. Yeah. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. And talk about Jared. Yeah, we will. Yeah, yeah, okay. Stay bring, tuned. Bring in somebody. <laughs> See you next week. Like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we got for today. Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Let us know what you thought of this conversation and what you want to hear in future conversations. Um, and we will be back next week on another episode of the In All Things podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the In All Things podcast. Our challenge for you today is to send this episode to one person. Seriously, think of somebody right now that could use this conversation and send it to them. If you have any questions, feedback, or topic ideas, please send them to podcast at sycamorecreek.org. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sycamore Creek Church so that you can always see what's going on in our world. If this conversation helped you at all, make sure you share it, leave a review, and subscribe so that you don't miss out on a single episode. We love you, God loves you, and we'll see you next week on the In All Things podcast.